My name's Maya, and this week I love the OC, because what am I, like the spokesperson for Geeks of America? My name is Dan, and this week I love the OC, because the freshest margarita is the one that you drink straight from the blender. (laughs) Yeah. My name is Curbs, and this week I love the OC, because China has alopecia. And I'm Mark, and this week I love the OC, because I too hate Bill Lamb beer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the most relatable thing Jimmy's ever said. This is episode two, The Model Home. A.K.A. part two of what should have been one long pilot. Yeah, a a three-part pilot episode. And this one's very good. A lot of the beats that people know outside of the OC either happen in the first episode or the second episode. Curbs, you are holding the DVD booklet. (laughs) You could give us a little description. Yeah, it's it's from the mouth of Josh Schwartz. Episode 2, The Model Home. When Ryan is faced with being shuffled into the child services system, Seth comes up with a plan. Ryan can secretly live in an unfinished home owned by Seth's mom. It's a foolproof plan. For a while. Ooh, Ooh. foreshadowing. Ooh. That kind of reads like a House on the Haunted Hill or whatever that game is. Like the, where like, you know, it has the, for a while. Yeah, like, yeah. all of the little cards you draw are all like, super mysterious. <laughs> It opens in maybe the chillest way possible because it's literally just two boys in a pool. Yeah. yeah, like 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 could not be more limp in their pool floaties. Yeah, like the luxurious chair pool floaties. Yeah, yeah. even like the music going into it is like the California. Like, and it even has a line. I think I'll stay in bed. Like, it's just it's a bunch of people lounging in California, and then we see two teens in the pool together. Being vaguely sad. Yeah, being vaguely sad. And then Papa kind of talking to teens and then staring listfully outside at teens. Like, it's just, it's very sad. It's it's pretty sad. Well, they're sad because it's Ryan's last day. Out of three days. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, so, like, he got, they, they got in trouble at the la- end of the last episode. Kirsten Cohen is uninterested in having him stay at the house any longer. Mm-hmm. So, on Monday, which is tomorrow. So tomorrow, Sunday, yeah. Sunday, yeah, so... Sandy's going to drop him off at Child Protection Services, and they're going to try and find his mom. And if they can't, he's just going to go into the foster system. So it's like this sad thing where they're just kind of like, eh. It, it kind of starts in this interesting way because we've talked about this before, but Kirsten, who I feel like is kind of providing the wet blanket motif, but is entirely rational in her decision to not want this child yeah. there, is also having her own internal conflict about it. You can tell because she starts off with that line of like, what kind of mother would just abandon their child? You know, and it's... She's Anna gunning it. Yeah, 100%. And and she's trying to figure it out. No one in this house is making it easy on yeah, her. No, yeah. Like, literally no one. Every single member of her family, plus Ryan, yeah. are just guilt-tripping her like crazy. She's been getting it. death threats from Rosa. <laughs> it's, it's that bad. Like, the, one of the first interactions in this episode, the, the, one, the first one that makes me go like, oh, come on, is when... When Ryan walks inside, there's the the actual model, model. of the model home, like a, like a cardboard tabletop thing. Oh, fuck and yes. he's like, 
what's that? And she's like, it's a model home. I build them. Well, not that, but I build the actual homes that are people are going to buy and sell. And he's like, oh, can you can you build me one? And then like, can you build me one? And then like, sort of like, like looks at her and she like looks down and like, it's, just, it's, it's, so a, it's a great line. It kind of makes your heart break, even though you know how shitty it is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it is shitty to do that to anyone. It's very depressing. Ryan, like, is, like, signing his, like, papers, and, like, he finds out that his number is 0382965. Like, this is my new nickname. And then Seth does the, like, it's better than Death Breath Seth. (laughs) (laughs) Because Seth still doesn't know how to talk to people yet. It's sad. Because then they're like, yeah, people your age get adopted all the time. And he's... Yeah, because everyone wants a brand new teenager. Again, Seth. Like, <laughs> Speaking truth. Sandy and Kirsten are both doing this, but they don't want to be doing this. And Seth is the one that's sort of like actually making them think about what's going on. That's the that's choker watch. Uh, we do have chokers. <laughs> so little. We already have two chokers. He's wearing one in the pool that is different than the one it's that he's so, wearing in the home. It's Literally, so small. He, he dries off, puts on clothes and a new choker and then we're we're back i bet the choker's all wet you think he's gonna wear it around all day it's true no he's again not. again that thing will tighten up it will yeah. on his fragile There's, little yeah. neck he has his water waterproof choker and then his day <laughs> choker and he also has the cuff on because with okay quick question because i don't know that i actually was too in on the cuff trend when it was happening but one cuff is okay you don't need two one cuff is better than two cuff. Yeah, two okay. cuff, I think, was was kind of like, what are you trying to prove here? Yeah. Okay. We have to, it's just a great scene because he, like, leaves to go pack the door. Like, it's shutting and then it closes with, a, like, a Sandy Cohen close-up of his conflict. And then as soon as the door closes, we get our first intro scene. Sha-na-na-na-na. Because, the, you know, the last one wasn't a true intro, right? It was the, like... Uh, the know, extended the extended play of the whole <laughs> the song. song yeah. Now we get the actual intro, so we can see all of the title cards, including all of the people who maybe don't deserve one. I, um, I like that it was interesting that the first guest star feature, like it was guest starring ooh. Melinda Clark, which I thought was she's like mm-hmm. Julie Cooper is like yeah. the first build guest star, guest which star. in this episode is is true, it's very is, correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I do think it's interesting that they that Marissa's dad was like a series regular character and Marissa's mom wasn't. Like, did they not? They learned their mistake pretty quick. They yeah. did. <laughs> I just think it's funny. I'm like, what and, and Marissa's boyfriend got a card and Marissa's best friend didn't. But they, again... But again, yeah, it's more relevant at this point. Halfway through the season, they, they figure that out. So, yeah, Ryan can't sleep. Um, he's tossing. He's turning. And he sits up in bed and decides, I have to run from this sitch. Um, and is getting ready to leave. But lo, behold, he runs into Seth. Seth is going to come play some PlayStation. Yes. but Some but, goodbye PlayStation. All Seth knows how to do. But Ryan, Ryan's on his way out of the pool house, and Seth is like, where are you going? You can't do that. What about my dad and the court? <laughs> and Ryan gives, about, him a, Ryan gives him a look that's like, what about your dad and yeah. the court? And, and what Seth's about like, laws, says Seth Cohen. Does Sandy get in trouble if, if Ryan disappears? Yes, Sandy gets in a lot of trouble <laughs> if he takes in the teen and then yeah, he disappears. In Sandy's custody and then, and then teen he runs away. That's true. I, I never, think he I, would not be a public defender anymore if that happened. Yeah. I don't know. We well, need did public Ryan defenders. signing that paperwork mean like he wasn't officially in Sandy's custody? Sure, maybe that's exactly what that meant. Legally, um, he's just crashing. Yeah, legally, <laughs> he belongs to no one. Yeah, but Seth. 
he's like, I'll go with you. I always wanted to do that that thing where we hit up all the waffles of Orange County or whatever the hell he's talking <laughs> this is about. That's not what he says at all. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome, though. That would be a great episode. I like, would, read, a, like I would a, read that book. That fanfic. <laughs> no, he says he wants to do the Kerouac thing, the pancake tour of North America, which okay. is so different from a waffle tour of Orange <laughs> County. And, and they kind of have this brief conversation, which is kind of cute because Seth is like, I need to come with you because... You've shown me all these <laughs> wonderful things. Fights at terrible places. Parties. <laughs> now that and I've seen Holly's house, I can't go back hangovers. to the yeah. um, So Ryan's like, no, I got to run. And he's like, well, if you don't know where you're going, that's not great. So here's the thought. Remember that model home we mentioned in the first part? Remember the model home you saw a model of in the first part? Chekhov's model home. They devised the plan. Yeah, Chekhov's model home. They devised the plan to go to model home. But first, Seth has to go all Sterling Archer on the situation. Yeah. yeah. Get into his sneaking turtleneck. He gets his sneaking turtleneck. And his sneaking skateboard. And Sandy kind of tries to, Sandy comes in his room and he like hides oh. under the bed or under the covers. Like he like puts his, the covers up to his chin. He's like, no, it's good, dad. We don't have to talk about it. And Sandy's like, I just feel really bad about this whole thing. And he's like, nope, just leave, please. Yeah, well, and he even is like, you were asleep? Because it is early still. It's probably like 10. And he pulls it off and apparently then, beautifully. He says in a very awake voice, yeah, yeah, I was asleep. <laughs> Yes, father. <laughs> I can't believe how much of a noob Seth Cohen was. Like, even his cool dad couldn't couldn't imagine that he was doing anything but sleeping at 10 p.m. So, yeah, we get the tactile neck, and, and Ryan uh, goes out to the end of the driveway to wait for Seth Cohen, who is taking a little bit longer. And we get Ryan and Marissa part two on the end of the driveway. Mm. Mm. Driveway again. Yeah, except she no, looks, she no looks cigarette this time. Yeah, yeah. No, no cigs this time. But Ryan does give the line, speak, kind of speaking of, that you always drink like that. And she dodges very quickly. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a pretty Neo move. <laughs> she was like, kind of like, Not dealing with this today! She contorts her body backwards and misses yeah. it and gives him immediately, I thought you left. <laughs> Which, by the way, I'm going to use that... I don't care what the context is. The next time someone asks me a question I don't want to answer, didn't you leave? <laughs> yeah. I like how he goes, I did. Well, I am. And then like Seth like bumbles down <laughs> in his tactile neck. And, and also, Marissa is holding just a big, gaudily wrapped present. Do we ever find out what's in there? <laughs> no, we do not. It's for her best friend. I feel like, this is just me, like if I was going to my best friend's birthday party, I would not bring the gift then. I'd like give it to her earlier in the day. Or like, yeah, I'd help her set up for the party. It doesn't matter. Spend, she's, spend the day with her. Yeah, no, she's not there. Listen, um, Holly's parties have their own rules. We can't comprehend what it's like. Holly's parties that she throws for summer, yeah. But, but also, yeah, so it's Summer's birthday. Marissa is supposed to be at Summer's party at Holly's house, but as Seth points out summer's birthday isn't until wednesday i heard that says seth cohen who is in no social circles with any of these people <laughs> this one's another great good one of like the two of them kind of hitting each other with little barbs and then she's kind of like she needs to be a part of this and we get the newport social scene awaits and apparently that was the straw that broke marissa's back because then she's just like they're get in the, in the car. Yeah. She, so she she agrees to, like, she still doesn't know where they're going, but she agrees to drive them. So wait, she's standing out there with a gift. Just waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Just waiting. Like, what is she? Because, like, like, when I first was, like, we read, I'm like, she's waiting for a loop. <laughs> but then her, she's, like, in the car. 
they have what's the thing that where you give the guy the ticket? What's that called? Yeah, Yeah, they have valet. (laughs) Their neighborhood has valet. I would not be surprised. They have too many cars. There's they have a two car garage. One is for Jimmy. One is for Julie. Bullshit! They have a two car garage. (laughs) Well, no, they have a four car garage. One is for Jimmy. One is for Julie. One is for China, (laughs) who has alopecia. So they uh, they are now in her car. Seth is like yelling about the fact that he's in the car and. You're like, you're not even supposed to be here. And then she does the before before I, I came along, you were on a skateboard. And then Seth makes like, ah, ah. he literally goes like, oh, they never seen me on a skateboard before. Yeah. Um, and, and they start talking about music. Yeah. And, and like, kind of, like a yeah. bunch of things, a bunch of funny things happen where like one Ryan claims that he listens to everything. Actually, I don't really listen to music, which is such a red flag and like just like having a conversation with someone those I, those do mean the same thing i listen to everything means i don't listen to music and i don't listen to music means you're a replicant so <laughs> so then so then he kind of deflects it back to her he's like what do you listen to and she's like mm. she like kind of goes like mm, i'm thinking about it mm, punk and then seth immediately is like, seth, is, seth is like Avril Lavigne isn't punk, which, shut up, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not appreciating the Avril Lavigne dig. She, doesn't she even say, oh, yeah? She goes, oh, yeah? Well, what about the cramps? Stiff little fingers? The clash? Sex pistols? And then Seth goes, I listen to the same music as Marissa Cooper. Long pause. I think I have to kill myself. It's fantastic. It's so good. It's very good. It's Again, Seth doesn't know how to talk to people yet, but he's getting there. Ryan then does the amazing, like, punk huh and then she goes what i'm angry yeah it's very good delivery china has alopecia china does have alopecia that does not get nearly the airtime it deserves on this episode we don't even see china we never see china we never see china not yet do we ever no No. so they make it to the model home it legit looks like it's under construction i'm actually really surprised every time i see it that they like actually found like a set that looks like a half-finished place. Yeah. yeah, and they are they they they're kind of like scoping out the inside with with a with a thing and, and having just like the the loveliest uh, conversation that's definitely exposition driven of like wait why isn't it finished yet how long has this been here like all of those <laughs> questions and they're like eh, I don't know and then immediately. Uh, we get a phone call uh, that Kirsten is on with the contractors, uh, where she's like, like, what, what do, do you mean? mean the contractors are gone? They don't just she, vanish. Yeah, she's like, how does a contractor just disappear? Which is a good question. It's a very good question. And also, what happened? <laughs> also, That's, why is this happening at night? Yeah. She gets off the phone and Sandy's there and she, he's like, you know, what's the matter? And, you know, she's she kind of like, like huffs a little bit and. I don't know, it's it's this really weird, interesting kind of scene where it feels like another kind of gotcha at Kirsten a little bit because he kind of changes the conversation to be back about, like, Ryan again. And she she's feeling guilty all around. Like, the constant guilt tripping of her, surprisingly, is working extremely well. She feels really bad that he's going to child services in the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the line that we get here? There's sort of a lull in the conversation. Yeah. And then Sandy says, you know, it's not your fault. That's what it is. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. And, and and she responds, I'm I'm just the mom trying to keep this yeah. family It's together. what any good mother would do. Yeah. Yeah, I can't have a strange boy in my house. And, and uh, Sandy kind of gives her this, like, kind of dickish, but also, like, sympathetic look where he was like, I was talking about the contractors. Like, as if, like, ah, oh, I caught you. You do care. Like... 
you you think that he had just a moment in his head where he's like he's like God, I'm a fucking great lawyer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lawyer, guilty. You know, they they may not have brought any uh, food along with them, and so they they go and get some some burgers at In and Out, and when they come back, they uh, explore the the hidden mystery of the pool. This is this is the scene now where where Seth cracks open the seal on the back door. It's just an empty pool. To some people. To some people. Ah, skateboard. The amount of time it takes from that line and him running out in there and Ryan's shirt to be off, very quick. <laughs> Ryan's shirt just gone. Well, he's poolside. He's poolside. <laughs> he's poolside. Uh, it doesn't matter that there's no water in the pool. I like the conversation that Ryan and Marissa have here. It's really fantastic. Good. Because there is sort of like they're obviously from two very different worlds and I think they're all they're both still un- uncomfortable with that, but like they're kind of having these like Marissa's like, Well, why can't you why can't you find your dad? And he's like, Well, my dad's in jail and she's like, Oh my dad, I think my dad's actually getting in trouble soon. And like yeah, you know, like guys- they kind of like find some like common ground. They're both like listening to it's each so, other. It's yeah. so breakfast club. Yeah. <laughs> and and in and in this case, it's this is getting to what the show does really well, which is like the parallelism between these two different worlds, mm-hmm, right? That's right. what it's all about, right? It's about the fact that like, yes, these people have grown up in different environments, but a lot of the issues that they all have are pretty similar. Every line he says is a little bit like awkward and like kind of hard and like, you know, that you can tell they're both divulging things they've never shared before. Like, And, and in the background, Seth's just going back and back and forth. Yeah. yeah. So sh- we get the first half of a lovely parallelism here where He's listening to her talk about these these men and her father being in trouble. And she goes, oh, my God, I haven't told anybody about that. And he goes, I can keep a secret. He says it, like, really quickly. It was yeah. And she's like, I haven't told. I can keep a secret. Ring, ring. <laughs> hey, who's that on the phone? Ooh, who is it on the phone? I don't actually remember. Where oh, it's Luke. You oh. better believe it's oh, Luke. Oh, yeah. Uh, Luke is checking in because. Hey, babe. Because, I'm sorry, Luke's checking very warranted. The party's been going on for a while. Right. It is a party for her best friend. And she's not there. Like, well, he goes, hey, babe, what's up? It's not a party without not you. Not a party without you. Do you want me to come pick you up? It'll be good. But like, dude can't feel his legs. I can't feel my ankles. Uh, <laughs> and my, my favorite part of this conversation is she already feels weird about saying I love you to him when she's with Ryan. Yeah. She hides the... She goes, at the end of the conversation, he's like, I love you, babe. And she goes... I, I love you. Yeah, like she, like she squirms and do a little. She squirms. She corners herself so she doesn't hurt. So that Ryan can't read her lips. It's super weird, and it's very much like, oh, okay. So she has a crush on Ryan. Okay, good. We we know this. Yeah, now. this is good. I think Marissa looks really cute in this whole scene. Like this whole, yes. she's wearing a cute dress and her hair looks good. Mm-hmm. Like her hair looked so bad last episode. And sure, that she like, needed to redeem herself. It's like she she got it. She let it get a little bit uh, a little wavy. Ryan immediately as soon as the phone is over it goes so how long you been together she goes oh with luke like it's again it's terrible no uh, with my other <laughs> my other um oh with luke uh i don't know and then and then seth wipes out on his skateboard and while he's getting up says i know <laughs> and then and then it tells a story a very creepy story. A strange story. A so easy. Although I gotta say, I don't know. When you're a kid, you remember some things in way more clarity, <laughs> even if they're stupid, because less things have happened to you. And apparently, this is one of the ten most important events of Seth's life. Is is when Marissa and Luke hooked up on the back of the bus on their way back from the Museum of Tolerance in the fifth grade. <laughs> 
But I guess, okay. That's just a wild line. Someone wrote that. (laughs) But when you think about it, they're what? They're 16? So that was like, I don't know, like six years ago? Mm -hmm. Not that long. And then she, Marissa's like, oh, you're making fun of me. You think you're so much better than everyone. Yeah, she kind of comes at him a little bit. Well, because he's playing a little bit of like the victim card. No, for sure. I think it's totally warranted. I think, I like this exchange because she's like, why are you always so rude to me? And he's like, because you've never talked to me. We've lived together like next to each other forever and you've never talked to me. And she's like, eh. Like, it's actually, I think it kind of got there. It aired out their dirty laundry with each other. And he's like, you know, and and, you know, Luke. And then he goes, shake this chest and then skates away. (laughs) Again. She's skipping her best friend's <laughs> birthday for this. I'm just throwing that out there. I just want to keep reminding us. So uh, she gets another phone call. Ring, ring. Who's it this time? Summer. Summer. Hey, Coop. Her best friend is like, hey, Coop, where you at? And she goes, ah. Like, really? <laughs> she, she really did never explain no. where she is. And then, uh, and then Seth goes, is it Summer? And she's like trying to hide it again. And he goes, tell her I say hi. Which is a bananas move. Like, tell her I say happy birthday to a girl you've never spoken to. Like, Seth Cohen says says happy birthday. Who? She says thank you. (laughs) Clutch. Now, here's the thing. She gets off the phone. Finally decides she has to leave. Many, many burgers later. And Ryan's like, you know, I could get in trouble if anybody tell, you know, this has to stay between us. And, And Seth's like, literally, who would I tell? And then they both look at Marissa and she goes, I can keep a secret. Little bookends. I love it. And then leaves. And then almost out of spite, she agrees to like, she's like, oh, I'm in this now. We'll be, I'll be back tomorrow. And we'll, <laughs> Everyone's yeah. coming back tomorrow morning and we'll decorate. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> we'll bring supplies. I'm going to bring my, my Kiehl's cucumber moisturizer. Yeah. It'll be great. That's pretty great. So next morning, we get all these like lovely parallel shots between the model home and, and her home. She's getting ready to go. And Ryan is getting ready to do some pull-ups on the scaffolding. Yeah, with yeah, his yes. bondage attire fully stacked. <laughs> when it's Luke with the stop by. He's he's already. It blows my mind. He's not only already at her house. He doesn't like show up and knock it's on the door. It's not just knocking on the he's door. He's in the house. He's in the house. And he's almost done with breakfast. He's done with breakfast. Hey, Julie hey. Cooper has made their Rosa make him breakfast this morning. And he it had is, at least one serving. Yeah. This might be his second. He has a he has his he second just, cup of orange juice. He just keeps eating until Marissa appears. Like, it's just like no one said, hey, Marissa, your boyfriend's here. You want to eat breakfast with him? Did he text her that morning? I'm coming over, babe. Or babe, come down, say hi. Nope, nothing. It also, is this what it was like before cell phones for, for rich teens? I You just kind of showed up and you're like, this is what I think we're doing today. And then it's just like a weird negotiation. This conversation actually gets cut in two parts. And so we get it cut quickly to cops. Because there are cops at the house. It's crazy. And and Seth is like like trying to get away. And then his dad's like, hey, hold up. Brian's gone missing. You need to answer some questions and to the he cops. he turns into pudding. What, what's nice is he's sitting, he's, he's sitting with his parrots talking to the cops. Lying to the cops. <laughs> and then someone someone asks him, like, are you sure? Yeah. And, and then he goes, I don't know. I don't, I didn't know the guy. I never, I, ne- I never got the chance. Mm-hmm. And then did the camera just shifts from Seth over to Kirsten, who like looks away like it's a soap opera. It's like, oh no, 
what did I do? Dios yeah. mio. Um, yeah, you're right. It, it is like, and it's again, it's one of those like, let's just shit on Kirsten day. Mm-hmm. Cut to Jimmy and Julie. Julie has now left the two kids to finish breakfast together and has now entered uh, Jimmy's office. The beginning of this whole like post-commercial break is like cut, cut, cut. Like they're hitting like every little thing to like set up the rest of the episode. And for whatever reason, we get a lovely little throwaway uh, with Jimmy and Julie uh, talking about money troubles uh, because she's like, uh, we need some extra cash because China has alopecia. Not yet. She doesn't have alopecia yet. It sounds like they're just paying the horse Got fees. it. So oh, they yeah. need to pay the stables. Yeah. Got it. And Jimmy's like, I think we need to actually talk. I'm just like, I'm having some work problems. And he's like shitting his fucking pants. And he's trying to tell her. Now, I'm not giving Jimmy Cooper any credit here. No. But he's doing his best to like <laughs> have a conversation. To talk about money. And she's like, I don't want to talk about work. You don't have cancer. You're not dying. You're going to figure it out. Like, it's fine. You don't have cancer. We're fine. <laughs> She, okay. doesn't, she doesn't actually know that. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, she won't even remember have the having the horse cut to Caitlin in full horse riding get up. She's wearing the giant helmet. Giant helmet. She has like a whip in her hand. Like, she looks yeah. like a Playmobil or something. She looks like an actual size jockey, but she's standing there in the doorway. Just just the just the littlest Shailene Woodley. Yeah, the little Shailene Woodley yeah. possible. Um, and she does. I love China. She's the prettiest pony. And then storms off. It's amazing. Cut to Marissa lying to her boyfriend about what where she's going. Yeah, I gotta go see Suki. Yo, you would love her. You get a manicure, pedicure. She knows her uh, boyfriend's so insecure with his, like, manhood that she's like, but you want to come, right? Knowing that he's going to be like, that's a girl thing to do. I will not. He's like, no, babe, I think, I think I'll go. I'll be fine. She's so good at lying. Yeah. Yeah. But then I'll see you later, I'll right? I'll see you later. And then he like cover, he like looks around like as if a parent's gonna be around. He covers at, his mouth and at goes, Holly's. Holly's having a thing again. And it's like, one, Holly's had so many things. This episode, Holly's had so many things. Also, <laughs> I think this is three nights in a row of Holly parties. We have the house, might as well go for yeah, the party. So it's the margarita party. Yeah, they bought all yeah. that margarita stuff, but, but he use it censors all. the word party. You don't think these parents know what happens right? at Holly's house? Does, is Julie Cooper like, okay, have fun at horse camp with Caitlin? Like, no. Holly's been having parties for 40 years. These parents have been to when they were teens. Holly's immortal. Holly is immortal. <laughs> and her parents never come home. <laughs> her parents never come home. Cut to the model home. So they finally get away. Uh, they, they both get away from the home and... and uh, from their respective homes, and they come in, and, and no they, one... They, they have brought supplies. Uh, a putting green. Yes. A putting green that he Very cannot special. use correctly. Yeah. yeah, a putting green, a tent. Actually, can I just say, and I didn't really notice this the first time, but the Seth sets up the putting green and is always putting when they're having these conversations, and he never... The ball always goes out the door into the hallway and never actually goes down the green, and they use that multiple times as a device <laughs> to make the camera go to the door so someone can walk in. Yeah, because doesn't he do that the first time and then Marissa comes in? That's yeah. the second time. Okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's great. So we get we get that, but then obviously we see Mar- Marissa brings... Um, and Marissa has brought toiletries galore. She's brought a loofah and moisturizer, and I saw some body wash. And yeah, and, and then Seth is giving her a hard time, like, what? Well, none of these things are essential. And then she pulls out toilet paper, and they're both like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> a thing we didn't think That works. <laughs> Who needs to wipe your ass when you're in the model home? But know. As long as you have the Kiehl's moisturizer. But the most important thing that she brings Ryan is the model home mix. 
Uh, oh. The model home mix, which is called the model home mix, which has a picture of a model home on the outside. She made album artwork for this mixtape. You only did that if you thought you were going to bang. I know. Come on. <laughs> we were teens. Stop it. It, it. It's songs that I think would be good for the model home. And we're going to hear some of those songs later, and it's kind of a, okay. It's a weird mix. Well, she said, it was kind of cute, because she's like, it's a little bit of everything, because like he, he, he stupidly says, said, I like parallelism. everything. Parallelism, yeah. yes. I, um, I, I like it when she flirts with him, and it's also kind of like, hey, here's this. Fuck you. Now, here's the thing. We've remembered to bring um, a lot of what the UN would consider basic civil human liberties, right? We have a tent, which represents, you know, a home. Uh, we have toilet paper, which represents dignity. Uh, but nobody brought food or water, uh, which apparently is important. And so um, they all just go to the pier. So they all just go to the pier. Like, and the cops are looking for him. <laughs> They're and teens. They- we can't die. But... We all have, we all watched this, we all had that reaction, but within two seconds of that montage of them on the pier, we are in. Yeah. Oh, the so them sweet. on the pier is the greatest thing. It's the greatest there's thing. There's music and, and there's... Caught by the river by doves gets you, it catches you right away. And it's like, a, it's weird because it's a montage, but it takes about the time it probably <laughs> took them to get down the pier. Because it's just like different shots of all of them. And, you know, they're, Marissa's on the pegs. No, and so then, it's, it's really cute because like this, my thought process is always like, Ah, Seth is skateboarding. Ryan's on his tiny, tiny little baby bike, and then Marissa's kind of running behind them. And you're, you're like, that doesn't seem like that's gonna work. Boom! Cut to Marissa on his bike pegs. Yeah, and also uh, we get a lovely one of the shots, which is supposed to be kind of fun and cute, is when she literally puts her hands over his (laughs) eyes and blinds him while she he's driving this bike. Do you want to die? Shark like, food. <laughs> ah, we're going to crash. What the fuck? No one's wearing helmets. Stop. I'm an adult. So, Kirsten gets a call. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Banana phone. <laughs> who, who is it? That's that's her Jimmy Cooper ringtone. Yeah. It is Jimmy Cooper, and she takes that call outside. I would um, also take those calls outside, just in case... I suddenly had to throw my phone. <laughs> phone off of a bridge. Yeah. And she she's like, hello. And he's like, I need to meet. We need to talk. Things are bad. And she's like, okay, best friend. Marissa and Seth have another one of their beautiful, fantastic moments. They're, uh, yeah, the, they're eating in a diner. And what, what does Marissa say? Yeah, Seth says, this would be a great place to start our North American pancake tour. And then Marissa jumps in like, oh, like on the road? By, by Jack Kerouac? That's my favorite book. As who, what, who has ever said that that isn't a white man? <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. But Seth immediately recoils again. He cannot believe that his favorite book is also her favorite book. And he's like, I think I need to throw up. Yeah. He immediately changes his favorite book to Infinite Jest. Right? Yeah, he's right back to uh, Cavalier and Clay. He's like, I'm going to pick up that Cavalier and Clay book on the way home. Ka-ding! Door opens. Luke and three of his best bros enter the the boys. What's what's weird about this is the way that the the diner is set up, they're sort of like, they're in a booth like around the corner kind of from the exit, but they they hear the door open, they hear some douche say something. Well, and they immediately go, oh, God, it's Luke. Can I tell you what douche says what? Yes. So here's the thing. I've seen this episode many times. The first time I heard the line that it's a throwaway line, and I heard, what's it take to get a menu? Which would be a terrible thing to say. But I've listened to it on repeat because I need to know what it is, and it's hard to hear because it's a throwaway. 
I now 100% believe that the line is, let's stick to the menu, boys. <laughs> is the first thing that, that Luke says to his friends at this place. Are they ordering off menu places? Like, what is happening? Let's stick to the menu, boys, he says to his boys. <laughs> what is happening? God, I'm going to say that the next time I go into a restaurant. <laughs> that is super strange. It is really weird. It's also like... Like, Marissa knows that this is a spot Luke would definitely, definitely go, go to. to. And also, like, it was implied that Luke was going to be hanging out by the beach with his boys. So they're probably going to, like, they're definitely going to be there. Why would they go there? She wants to get caught. Yeah. yeah. Do you I remember mean, being we, a teen? You, like, that. wanted to feel things. Like, you wanted suspense. You wanted to live on the edge. Again, she's supposed to have an alibi somewhere else. She goes, talk to boyfriend. Boys escape out back door. Bad plan. You know what plan should have been? She goes, distracts kitchen lady. Boys sneak out back door. Yeah, why would she talk to him? Why would why would that be a process they would need to have? Nobody's, they can't see them from where they're at right now. So her plan gets enacted because terrible. She goes over to Booth. He doesn't notice that she didn't have a manicure, which I guess is okay, but like, I don't know. Luke Luke wouldn't. Yeah, Somebody Luke else Luke might notice. Anyone else would. Yeah. I have yeah. plenty of friends who don't notice when I make like significant. Like they're like something's different. I'm like I'm not wearing glasses. I'm not wearing glasses. <laughs> very different. different. It'd be different if you were like, but I'm I'm getting contacts tomorrow. The next day, if I saw you without glasses or with glasses, I'd be like, what happened to your contacts? Because I knew we had a conversation about this thing. He he had a 15 minute long conversation about Suki and the types of things she does to hands. <laughs> anyway. Boys try to escape out back door. Kitchen lady, angry. What? What is happening? Hey, front door. Like, as if there's always some sketchy shit happening in the back of the diner that, like... Listen. There's just... If they had opened that door, there would just be a game of Russian roulette happening happening out there. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, that back door is how you get to a secret basement. Give Uh, me mouth. Yeah. (laughs) She's running some illegal. So, instead, they must go out front door. And front door yields no escape because uh, they they put on the hoods and and try to sneak (laughs) past. And the worst busboy in the world just... (laughs) tray out on the ground very clumsily things fall ryan still manages to sneak by unnoticed but seth is just standing there because that's what he does when things fall he just stands and immediately uh luke's just like queer (laughs) like Uh, uh, i had something oh uh uh, queer queer Queer, queer. queer. okay good um it's just terrible oh hey uh it's uh shaves your own chest and uh, what, what'd you say? And he stands up. Uh, Seth is about to get just the snot beaten out of him. For the second time in three days. Yeah. And Ryan, you wonderful boy, Ryan. Ryan, vigilante <laughs> Ryan. Wait, no. Vigilante and also on the run from yeah. the cops, on the lamb. Comes back, gets in Luke's face. Before the line, can I just say, because this is something I always, I kind of looked over all the time, because what, what's about to happen is one of the most iconic lines in the series, yes. not just the episode. The thing Luke says right before that, which I never hear, because I'm, You're always I'm waiting. waiting for the line, is... What are you, like, the spokesperson for Geeks of America? Which is so good. <laughs> Which is what he says when Marissa, like, chimes in. She's like, Luke, don't. What are you? The-? And he's, like, getting mad at his girlfriend. And then, you know what I like about rich kids? <laughs> and, and in a very kind of earnest uh, voice, Luke's just like, what? <laughs> Bang, orang, Rufio. Nothing. And then just runs. And I, I love just the deck him and run thing. <laughs> Here's the thing. We we don't we think of we we if we think of 
Ryan as Batman in this scene. We must think of Seth Cohen as Robin because as weak as, as Seth Cohen is most of the time, the thought to block the door with his skateboard while Ryan unlocks his, uh, like, U-lock or whatever from his, mm-hmm. his uh, bike is a good one. Mm-hmm. Because if they just book it, Seth is getting away and Ryan is stuck unlocking while he's getting wailed on by three white men. <laughs> but that's not what happens. Seth jimmies the door shut with his skateboard. Like, they're trying to open it. Ryan gets it unlocked, and as soon as it is, Seth hops on skateboard and they're out. Like, it's just so well thought out and a very good, quick getaway. Mm-hmm. And, and also, on the way out the door, Seth, Seth, Seth is yelling, that was awesome! That was awesome! <laughs> and immediately after we get back from commercial, Seth is still going, you know what I like about rich kids? Punch nothing. Like, uh, like he's still, like, he's reliving a moment that literally just happened, as are we all. Because yeah. you know what I like about Rich Kids Punch Nothing is the greatest thing. It's so good. I gotta gotta say to you guys, it's pretty great in this scene because Ryan is just nonchalantly playing on his Game Boy Advance. <laughs> like, during this part, he's just hanging out on his Game Boy Advance right now, yeah. doing this thing. And you know who's fucking there? Fucking Marissa Cooper. Yeah, Marissa immediately goes to check on him. Which is yeah. crazy. This is... She, and she's like, well, why'd you have to punch him? I'm like, why are you even here? It seems like if your your loyalties, even though your boyfriend sucks, it seems like you would not go back here. A hundred percent. Yeah. But if the golf ball has fallen one too many times, there's a knock on the front door of the model home this time. And by knock, I mean no knock. Car drives up. Seth looks out. Hey, my mom is here. Seth looks one more time. And your dad. Which everyone no. is immediately like, please don't be having an affair. Please, please don't, don't be having an affair. That would literally, be so boring. Literally everyone is in the audience is just like, don't have an affair. Also, don't have an affair with Jimmy. I mean, just anybody else. Yeah, Jimmy and Kirsten then have the most exposition-y conversation. It's kind of amazing, though, because they're not just having the conversation. They're having a conversation in earshot of their two children and Ryan, and they are We get to watch everyone experience this conversation, which is kind of crazy. Because at first they're having this conversation like, you know, uh, you know, this uh, is it too much? No, I don't think it's too much. It reminds me of uh, the parents home. Yeah. You know, where I had my first kiss. And Kirsten says, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. And he's like, kiss. God, you bring this up every time we talk. It's gay, (laughs) man. (laughs) That man has scales all over his body. I hate him. He does, and he's slithering all over the place. And he's like, she's like, so what's wrong? I can tell you're in trouble. I talked to you about this last episode that I knew you were in trouble. You called me to tell me you're in trouble. What is it? He goes, ah, it's it's too, uh, it's money, but it's too much. How much is it? Ah, it's... It's too much. It's a, it's a thousand, uh, hundred million. What does he say? A hundred thousand. hundred thousand dollars. And she's immediately like, great, I'll do, like, that's fine. She doesn't I'll, look away. I'll write a check. Ryan is, meanwhile, staring at Marissa. Because Marissa's face is just like, like you can watch her whole world getting cracked with, like, a tiny hammer. Yeah. Like, it's just. Michelangelo is sitting there chiseling her <laughs> chiseling expression. Into the David it's going to be. Um, <laughs> And and it's just crazy and terrible. It's an interesting scene. Uh, yeah, it's just there's so many layers, like what what we're watching and how they edit whose reactions we're seeing yep. and and 
what kind of what we're supposed to gather from, from the sense is just kind of a disbelief. It's very much just like a oh no, you yeah. know. And but Ryan's is immediately. I wonder how Marissa is taking this. You know, like everyone mm-hmm. has like these like different moments and beats, and they leave after this very short conversation about money. Um, and Marissa is kind of shattered. And Im- immediately after that, Marissa and Summer are hanging out, right? Yeah, Marissa was like, "I'm fine." But Marissa is trying. Marissa kind of goes a little bit like kind of meta with her, right? She's like. Because she's talking very, like, third-person-y about, like, trust and, like, different things and, like, parents. And here's the thing. Your best friend's parents did get divorced. Like, this is a very real thing. And you're just, like, being shitty about your, like, parental situation. And Summer wasn't actually very receptive here. Summer, like, becomes more receptive as the show goes on. But it wasn't a very good moment for her. But Marissa, like you said, very defensive. Mm -hmm. Seth has gone home and I think is planning on going back to uh, the model home again. Yeah. Because this is when his father, Sandy, is like, there's a manhunt for Ryan and we need to get to him before the cops do. And he goes, no, I need to go. And he goes, no, you're coming with me this time. And so they get into car together. And and this they have like an amazing conversation, the two of them, because this is where we get the line like, the minute you were born, I knew I'd never breathe again, right? Yeah. Sandy was like... You need to just, like, not run away ever. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, because he does say, like, if all that stuff happened to me, I'd probably run away too. And he goes, you would never. Yeah. it's. I like those moments where I'm not crazy about this scene, but, like, I like when when Seth sort of gets, like, grounded in reality by his parents. A reality check. When when they're finally, like, every once in a while, they're just like, like, you're cool. We like you as a child, but, like, sometimes you need to understand. Yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah. So, cut to the model home. Marissa has apparently brought enough candles to light the Sistine Chapel because... And, like, do it well. It is... Little clumps of candles. Amazing how many candles are lit. And apparently Ryan has just been lighting candles for hours because it is just... I'm telling you, you put that Kiehl's Cucumber Moisturizer on and you want to set the fucking mood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, in a, a very interesting version of Hallelujah is playing... No, no, no. The no, Jeff that's... Buckley version. Yeah, this is the scene. No, no, no. We have to get to Holly's party first. Oh, that's what I was talking about with her conversation with Summer. Oh, okay. Like, we do see her run away from the party. Yeah, because... So she does yeah, get very defensive. Because Holly, Holly and a few other people are like, one of Luke's bros is... Oh, yeah, he's like, that Chino kid was all up in Luke's grill. He was Chino all, up, all up, up in Luke's grill. grill. He says the, and Holly's like, are weird. Holly's like, he's such a fucking weirdo. And then Luke is like, yeah, I'll beat his little bitch ass or whatever and then Marissa, you don't even know him Marissa's like I gotta go <laughs> she just leaves and, and then she leaves got it she runs away and we would think that she runs away to her room to cry like a normal person would but she doesn't and in fact during the lighting of the Sistine Chapel uh, and the very weird version of Hallelujah Marissa walks through yeah. the plastic and, door and the thing that, that adds to the drama here is, and that we totally skipped over is that the contractors are coming back to, mm-hmm. tomorrow yes so that's one of the things they over that's the this main, is the last night yeah this is the last night Ryan's gonna get on a bus and go to Austin or something yeah, yeah. I think it's Austin yeah he had some yeah. sort of not, not strange like. non-committal connection yeah, in Austin yeah. and so this is the last night for Ryan in this town so he's like Lighting candles. He's lighting candles. He's getting lit. And <laughs> and and Marissa comes through the door. And and watching this, it's just crazy. Yeah. 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 Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah is playing. Yeah. A song that is never used well. No. Well, it <laughs> never except used for, the way it, it was intended. Except for this time, 
because it is, you, you think he's lighting candles, you hear Hallelujah playing, and you think, holy crap, this is a terrible music choice. And then- Foreshadowing, but- Marissa walks in and says, this song makes me think of you. Holy shit, he's actually playing it. Of course Jeff Buckley is on the model home mix. Yeah. This song reminds me of you is insane. Like, if someone ever said that to me about Jeff Buckley's version of Hallelujah, I would I would tie change, you to a change my chair. phone number. I would leave my house and I'd call the cops. Like, what are you doing? Like, you need to go. This song reminds me of you because I understand neither of you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because both of you are a complete mystery. To I me. like it, it's it's just it's this moment and they're there and I gotta say this scene is fucking insane because yeah. when you're watching it it's so intense and, and it's it's your brain when you're a kid is like why is she here what are they doing they, they have to they're gonna they're gonna fuck like they, they have to like something's gonna happen and she he's like why are you here and she's like well I'm leaving tomorrow and what if I never we never maybe I could spend the night yeah, Maybe she. I could spend the night she's it's, super upfront about it it is it is just D- does she add in like like as friends? No, she doesn't because immediately Ryan says, "It please if, leave." If you do that, if you spend the night, I don't know if I could leave. It's oh, just, these lines! It's just it's just two people having the biggest feelings at each other. <laughs> yeah, it's it's and teens. Just, this is they're teening they're at just each other, shouting feelings in the candle room. He literally says, "This." I'm going to read you this exchange. This exchange literally happens next. We're from different worlds. That's not true. I'm not like you. And then he, she like kind of like her face is like, and then he's like, go, please go. <laughs> That's like fucking, I feel like Josh Schwartz wrote that when he was 12 or something. Like, well, 14. That was, that was the, uh, the short story that spawned his, yeah. the whole series. Yeah, this is the short story <laughs> called The Model Home. <laughs> and this, yeah, based on the short story by Josh Schwartz. And it's just, it's such good teen writing. It's such good teen writing. Yeah. Because anyone who's like, this dialogue doesn't happen, this dialogue happens 24-7 with teens. Yeah. Like, these are the things teens say to each other when yeah. they're just like, go. Yeah. Like, <laughs> because teens aren't good writers. No, teens base everything on popular culture. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a weird cyclical thing, give and take with this kind of, uh, like, kind of writing. Like, Ryan... Ryan Ryan saw Casablanca once <laughs> and is basing this entire exchange on the scene on the airstrip. That's <laughs> literally, all this literally. Is. Uh, <laughs> how do you guys feel about him sending her away? Because, like, on, on one hand, it's like dumb because, like, obviously he wants to hang out with her, and but it's also like she does have weird allegiances to the man who continually beats him up. Sure. I mean, it's it's mostly like I get it because he's leaving. Now, if you're suspicious. <laughs> Uh, there's another character who's suspicious. His name is Luke. Uh, because Marissa, immediately following this conversation, sprints downstairs, still while Jeff Buckley is playing, very audibly outside. Um, and she is just weeping and running. And then we get cut over to Luke and the boys who have gone from Holly's party. They've left a party, which I didn't know you were allowed to do because I thought she was like a contract like Hades. But um, <laughs> they've left the party. You, you, you have one mar- pomegranate margarita and you must spend uh, An eternity. half your night at yeah. Holly's party for eternity. It's a contract. And they, they are all sitting there and your teen brain is like, oh, Ryan's going to die tonight. <laughs> like that's what this is happening. Because... Think of it from Luke's angle. Girlfriend acting weird. Girlfriend won't tell me what wrong. 
I'm a follow girlfriend this time because girlfriend been weird all day and yesterday and day before. Only thing changes new boy. So trail girlfriend hide. Watch girlfriend go up. See lights. See boyfriend. Fake boyfriend. New boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> girlfriend run out crying three minutes later. Bad thing. Like yeah. From my angle. It makes sense why he's ready to punch. I would storm up and murder him, probably. Like, who knows? But unfortunately, we get a lovely scene cut right after we see him. And the first thing we get back is not the model home, but Kirsten. Is she lying about how much money right now? What is happening right now? She's calling her banker to to do. Jeff Buckley is still playing. (laughs) And Jeff and... (laughs) And Kirsten is calling her banker very late at night, which she, she says she says it's late, but I need to transfer yeah. some money. Which like, why did she wait till like ten thirty p.m. To I need it? to transfer a hundred thousand dollars right now. <laughs> I just don't get it because she had this conversation hours ago. Yeah, it's a she Sunday. She could this. wait till Monday or or have done it at a more reasonable hour on Sunday. And then we probably get like another shot of like still to Hallelujah, Seth and Sandy driving around looking for Ryan. Yeah. Then we go back to the model. Now, Ryan doesn't know any changes to the plan. Plan was Seth was going to come buy him some tickets, right, to get to Austin. And so Ryan is running under the assumption that Seth at any moment is going to come through the door. Seth does not come through the door. Instead, Luke and Goons, what's his name? Nordling? I don't know. He says the name earlier. He's the one with the, he can't feel his legs. Yeah, Nordling can't even feel his legs. Regardless, (laughs) Luke enters the room. And it is on, like, veritable Donkey Kong in here. <laughs> it is crazy. Like, the amount of testosterone in this room it's is so damn high. Yeah, it starts high and just, just escalates, escalates so quickly. Within within 20 seconds, the place is on fire. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many candles. <laughs> There's so many candles. Like, the literally the only things in this room, there are three things. There's a putting green. There are thousands of candles, and there's paint thinner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, hey, there's there's also a tent that, is the tent still up? Who knows? But there definitely is paint thinner. Like, they yeah. make sure you see it. Open cans oh. of paint thinner. Chekhov's paint thinner. So, oh, yeah. Luke and the goons start kicking the shit. Well, no, the they, they, they yell at him for a second. They're like, what the fuck? Like, since you came, things have been weird. What have you been doing with Marissa? And, you know... Again, still okay things to say. And I ought to kill you. And Ryan's response is, quote, then kill me and quit talking about it, which is fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, if the best line in the episode wasn't before, this is pretty good. It's Uh up there. Kill me and quit talking about it. And then immediately punch, punch. Somebody grabs cloth. Cloth gets pulled. Candles fall. Paint thinner falls. The whole place is on fire. Like, right away. Yeah, and it is so scary. It is. It's actually scary. It's so scary that even if it's a prop fire, I would be concerned. Yeah. How do you get the smell out of that sound stage if any of that is real flame? Which it all looks like real flame from the inside. The outside is great CGI. The outside is great CGI for the that year they, That they specifically pan up to so you can look at it for a minute. Yeah, because Luke and his goons go, that's enough, and they leave. Ryan is unconscious. Ryan on is the floor. unconscious on the floor. That is full of paint thinner, candles, and, and fire, open flame. And fire is pouring out of the top of this building. 
Luke doesn't even make it down the stairs. He's about to go down the stairs and he looks and Ryan's like unconscious and he goes and he, he's like, uh, he like looks to the door, he looks to Ryan, he looks, it goes on for like 30 seconds. He's looking at the door and looking at Ryan. He picks up Ryan, kind of drags him out and then he comes out the door with Ryan on his like shoulders, like very martyr. Like, oh yeah. It, um, it looks like, it looks like Luke should be a fireman, which he probably should be. But, he should uh, be, but like a beach one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and he dumps him like, Still definitely in a place that fire could be. Like, yeah. He dumps him like at the side of the house. Next which, to the house, yeah. yeah, which is still on fire. Then he dumps in truck and leaves. We go immediately to just the longest, best, terrible scene, uh, which of course is Jimmy Cooper watching ESPN Classics. He looks so happy. It goes on for a very long time. It just keeps going. He's sitting there and he's watching ESPN Classics in his bathrobe after successfully taking $100,000 from his best friend and current crush. Fucking Julie walks in and he's like, hey babe, just so you know that thing, I took care of it. She's like, I knew you would. And I like, knew you Fuck would. Fuck you, you just and took, like he's, he looks so happy with himself. And he's regaling her with stories of his hatred for the Pistons. Then Marissa storms in. Things have gone wrong. Julie's like, your turn. <laughs> it's, it's very much like that. It's like when it's an infant and it starts crying and like, your turn. Take care of it. And Jimmy goes upstairs to and, check on his daughter. And just does a terrible job of comforting her. It is the worst. It's bad. It's it's kind of like he has no idea what the issue is and makes no attempt to actually really find out or try to find out what the issue is. It's just it's just sort of empty comforts and then then when she won't talk to him because he's not actually like showing any real interest. He's in not an emotionally on. accessible human. Yeah, no. He said he says, "Come on. We tell each other everything." And she do says, we? "Do we?" I, I hate the way that Jimmy Cooper talks to Marissa Cooper yeah, in this. There's movie. an excuse for her to be that shitty, and it's that she's a teen. There's no excuse for him to be that ewy. I hate how he's just like, hey, kiddo. Hey, hey, kiddo. Kiddo, hey. What's wrong, kiddo? Hey. It's like, shut up. Actually, do your fucking job as a dad, or don't. Don't do this. He's like currently molting his snake skin while saying, yeah. we tell each other everything. All right. So then Sandy gets a call. They head over to the model home. It's on fire. <laughs> the fire has been put out. Then what? You don't remember? Luke enters the new enters the party again with his bros. Uh, Summer is like hanging out on like the step and is like, hey. And he's like, hey. It's like a weird platform. It's you, really weird. Do you smell? Do you, you smell like smoke? smoke. He's like, oh, he's we like, hotboxed oh, the car. We hotboxed Nordling's car. He can't feel his legs. <laughs> Like, you didn't invite me? And you didn't invite me? Who would have thought that she would be potentially the best character on the show in like five episodes? And you can see that there's conflict on Luke's face. Yeah, no, yeah. Luke is, for for what it's worth, and we all, like, everyone watching this show doesn't like Luke. Like, yeah. it's we all know that. But, I mean, I there really there's a lot of moments in this show, or in this episode, that kind of uh, garner some empathy for him. Like, like, when you really sit down, like earlier, when you really sit down and you think about What's going through his head when he when he rolls up to the model home, when he actually like puts his shit aside so that Ryan doesn't burn to death and he drags him outside and then in this final step. And the final step you're you're referring to is when he is 
he leaves the party again. And I did not know you were allowed to leave Holly's party more than once. (laughs) But he leaves Holly's party again, and we see Ryan hitchhiking, and the car that stops for him is Luke. There's something inside of this character. What if they then went on the pancake tour? (laughs) (laughs) Or the waffle tour of Orange County. The Waffle House of Orange County. (laughs) I would love to go to a Waffle House in Orange County. I bet Um, that's a weird vibe. Yeah, like, that'd be a really strange... It is cool, though, because, like... It kind of feels like it's it's subverting itself. The show is just like, oh yeah, these characters, which are these archetypes, have conflict. They're human. They're people. Like even the people you hate, other than Jimmy Cooper, have more to who they are. Um, well, Luke does Jimmy exactly Cooper. what you expect him to do, and then all of a sudden he doesn't. Yeah, he does the thing you think, and then he does the thing you didn't think, and then he goes right back to the thing that mm-hmm. you think that he would do because he's talking to Ryan and saying, "Look, if we keep our story straight." no one will know that it's us. And Ryan starts going, he he reads that guy so well and it's just like, no, fuck this. I got a plan. You're driving me. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just, it's good. It's like, Luke is so used to calling the shots and Ryan's like, no, this one's on me. And Ryan goes with it. Like he just, or Luke goes with it. Luke's like, fuck shit. I got to go with this guy. Cut to cops getting real with Seth Cohen. Everyone is like at the Cohen's house. Like that was the house that was on fire, but it wasn't, but it's fine. Um, like even the Coopers are out. Yeah, the yeah, Coopers concerned are parents in bathrobes. Yeah, um, yeah. Marissa is wearing Uggs and a nightgown. I, I made a comment <laughs> of this. Every single person who has a title card is there in the same driveway, uh, and the only two people that aren't are Ryan and Luke, who pull up in a car together. And it's really crazy. It's it's because like the cops were like really getting real with that. They were like, like the truth trying is trying to scare them straight. They were like, you lie to us, things are gonna go bad for you. Like it's like real weird. But Ryan exits car. Luke exits car, and the look on Marissa's face seeing these two men together is like, oh shit. Like yeah, it's like seeing your side piece and your wife or your like husband at the same place, and you're like. Oh no! Like, are you friends? What? <laughs> What's happening? Have you talked? <laughs> <laughs> like, what do we all know? I want to be on, on the same page. She pees in her nightgown. Yes. Yeah. And and Ryan's they're like Ryan, and he's like, yeah, I'm Ryan. He goes, we want to have a conversation with you. Cuff, cuff. They cuff him right away. And yeah. then Luke goes, I was there too. I helped start the fire. <laughs> What what is good is is Luke saying it was an accident. Were you there? Yes, I was. <laughs> but that 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 whole thing where again Luke is sort of like has more than one dimension maybe is like sustains so much interest in the show for me. Like yeah. uh, if if all the archetypes played like they were supposed to, I would still watch the next episode, <laughs> but with with a different like sense of like a pred- prediction of what was going to yeah, happen. An appreciation, yeah. it's true. This episode literally ends the same way the first one did, with Ryan driving away from uh, a driveway that Marissa's just standing at the edge at and watching. <laughs> like it's the same thing. It's it's this idea of like. The second we think everything's okay. <laughs> the cop car has his little BMX bike in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the trunk's happening. We open. have some questions for you, too. <laughs> but but good news, Sandy Sandy is still going to represent yeah. Ryan. Yeah. Neither of you say anything. Yeah. Yeah, because Luke is a client now, too. Um, for a moment, until Luke's real-ass lawyers show up, but... That's for the and next then, episode. And then, it's still good advice. And then what happens is... Sha-na-na-na-na-na-na. There it is. 
It's a very good episode. It's so good that we can actually spend more time talking about it than it takes to watch the episode. I could have spent more time talking about it, <laughs> frankly. So the belt. Last week, in the first iteration of the belt, it went to Luke, who I, I actually feel even better about it going to after this week, just because yeah. of what a multi-dimensional character he is. I do not think Luke gets the belt this week. He can't. He can't. He does a couple great things. I think he, I mean, he kind of throws himself into contention for three very, like you were saying, three very in, interesting character choices. That he's the, he he's a successful heel. He goes back in and grabs Ryan. He picks Ryan up. He gets arrested with Ryan. Like, these are three moves that you're like, oh, complex character. Yeah. I don't know if he deserves the belt. He, does, he certainly doesn't get it two weeks in a row. Who I, think, do we? I think Dan has thoughts on who gets it. Oh, boy, do I. Do you actually? Yeah, yeah. Luke is definitely in contention. Ryan, when you think about Ryan, he's still kind of just getting pushed around. He's not making a whole lot of moves. Yeah, Ryan's super float. He doesn't have any feet on the ground. Yeah. He, like, has a suggestion of moves. It would be one thing if he, like, actually went to Austin. Seth isn't really doing much. He's, he's, he's building his way. He's, yeah. yeah, he's building his presence, but he's not in any way going to get it. Parents aren't going to get it, I don't think. No. The center of the gravity for this episode is definitely Marissa. Because mm-hmm. Ryan's getting ready to leave, and one of the reasons that he doesn't leave and goes with this harebrained scheme to live in a model home is because com- Marissa is like, oh, yeah, this is a good idea. Like everything that happened, like the big the big action of the episode, Ryan staying, Ryan getting into fights with Luke, it's all revolving around Marissa. Yeah, and yeah, like not even like to the model home. Not even like decisions she's making. It's like subconscious things where she's like, she could have gone to that party and then just been miserable there, but she just didn't. Everyone's everyone's talking about her. Everyone's thinking about her. So when I scored this episode originally, I had a three way tie between um, Luke, Marissa, and Seth. And I do think there is, as shitty as Seth is, there are, like, small elements to an actual case for him. He lies to the cops multiple times. He Th- is, that's worth point. He's a huge resource um, to Ryan during this episode. Like, very literally in terms of being his Robin and helping him get away. Um, putting himself in danger, like, multiple times to, like, be there for him. Um, again, I don't think he necessarily gets the belt, but I think that he, he does a lot. I think I think Marissa throws a lot. I think she does a lot of things that are unexpected. I think you can consider like those things you're talking about as her being shitty, but but on the same page, it's also just her tossing her weight around a lot. Mm-hmm. There aren't immediate consequences for her for doing that stuff because people aren't people are just sort of like, oh, it's kind of weird. You want to go boating today instead, whatever. But like. I, I think that you can take those faults and smash them into points. It, like not like yeah, not no. direct points, but like well, she she makes different deci- she makes slightly different decisions. This this like like everything goes different. Yeah. Well, and it's and it's one. It kind of feels like those situations where like everyone is a lemming, and she's the first one that realizes she has free will. Mm-hmm. And so she starts making choices. Like, she like, shows up back at the pool house. Like, she puts herself out there saying to Ryan, can I spend the night? And it's like, holy shit. She's activated. I sure. can keep a secret. Like, she's just, every line she's, like, she's, even when she's misguided and throwing, trying to throw a smoke screen at Luke, and she's lying about Suki, and she's, like, it just, she, you're right. She does a lot. I think she gets the belt. Congrats, Marissa. Ding, ding, ding. Here's, uh, here's your belt. Quote of the episode. Know what I like about rich kids bang nothing? Yeah, we don't even have to talk about that. Yeah, honestly. I mean, like, there are like 
The problem is there are just like a million quotes. I can keep a secret. Fantastic. We're from different worlds. Literally being said out loud in Mm -hmm. a show about that. Does Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah just count as a quote? Count as a quote. The the lyrics. Uh, uh, What are you, the spokesperson for Geeks of America? (laughs) You're leaving tomorrow. What if I never? We never. Uh, Let's let's stick to the menu, boys. (laughs) (laughs) So we have a quote of the episode. Congratulations to you. Know what I like about rich kids? Nothing. Sorry. So Luke, Luke actually put up a fight to keep the belt, but his his girlfriend took ripped it. it, ripped it off him, yeah. choke slammed him. To she the took it and ran ran with it from Holly's party. Yeah. yeah. So Curves, yeah. tell us the facts. So this episode first aired on August twelfth, two thousand three. Uh, that was my half birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> FYI, <laughs> it was a thirteen and a half. Aww. And and what a gift! <laughs> what a gift! <laughs> so the UN Security Council had approved. A resolution for the creation of an interim governing council in Iraq because officially the war was over. Oh, <laughs> right. okay. and, thank, and thank God it still is. Mission, mission reaccomplished. Yeah, mission accomplished. Just, just um, in and out. Like a fast food restaurant. But at the same time, there were revived calls to increase the number of American troops because there had been attacks on the Jordanian embassy and the UN headquarters in Baghdad. Would have been crazy. More troops. (laughs) Would have been crazy if that wound up happening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 2017, dirtbag Roy Moore was in the news in 2003 uh, (laughs) for refusing to remove a monument to the Ten Commandments from the grounds of the Alabama Supreme Court building. This was his. This was his. His entrance into politics <laughs> into the national spotlight. God, he was crazy. God, God yeah. what a piece of shit. I fucking yep. hate that guy. Yep. So at the end of August, California lawmakers approved a measure that would give same-sex couples new rights and obligations um, under a domestic partnership law, including like child support, alimony, access to benefits. Um, See. Stuff like that. This puts Luke saying queer in a different light for me. You you can't even say. Can't well, it say, was a different time. It was a different time. In California, it was most assuredly not a different time. In well, fact, they were progressing, right? It was interesting, though, because the opponents of this were like, it's a gay marriage bill, except for it's not called that. Mm. And... But like, it's a queer marriage bill is what it was called. <laughs> Second did, queer so legislation. They did, they did polling for it, and at the time, 50% of Californians disapproved of gay marriage, and se- but 72% approved of domestic partnerships and giving benefits. So it's like, they're like, we want you to have the benefits, but we don't want to give you like that one final yeah. I, I will say, like having not been an adult when all this was happening, just sort of like hearing about it, from a child's perspective, I think it was like that was that was the testing ground for like mm. so much shit. Like it was not an easy win to just be like, oh, we're now we're doing the same sex thing in California. Stop saying queer at the diner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I think it was definitely like a we're going to just barely enforce this, and you can still say queer at the diner, but maybe only for like two more years. <laughs> or like everyone in Berkeley was chill with it, but then like other parts of the country are. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it hadn't quite quite sunk into the to to Orange County yet. <laughs> to Newport. But but like it's like someone had taken this giant battleship 
and like spun the wheel all to one direction and like it was just starting to turn. Just it was just about to hit that iceberg. Just <laughs> enough that just enough that we know that Luke is a bad guy for saying it, but that he didn't get immediately called out by everyone in the diner. That right. makes sense. Right, yeah. yeah. Well, and in 2000, they had um, a ballot initiative defined it was Proposition 22 and it defined marriage as being between a man and a woman and it passed in California. Like people voted on it. So mm-hmm. it was interesting. Cool. Um the Episcopal Church was facing a schism over appointing the first openly gay bishop because um, the conservative leaders were like, we don't like this. We're going to form our own splinter group. But if Love they, a schism. But if they did that, they could have lost their churches, like the church buildings, because they're owned by the Episcopalian diocese. So Whoa. that was like why they didn't want to. California was also facing a gubernatorial recall election. Yes. Uh, so the governor had pre- had just won re-election in 02, but it was one of the lowest turnouts in California history for voting. And um, Congressman Daryl Issa, who is still in Congress, although he's not running for re-election this year, contributed $1.6 million to fund the recall petition. Um, and at the time, he, rep- or he still represents um, part of Orange County, but not Newport Beach. I was kind of bummed to find that. Mm. But it was um, because of the electricity crisis that happened in California in the early 2000s where they had a shortage of electricity and people saw their electricity bills like triple because of this. And it had to do that people thought the governor was not doing good stuff. So they're like, well, we're going to recall you because. And there was also like, like he had some sort of like weird ethics scandals or something, something about lobbyists or something. And then West Nile was a thing. I mean, it's still a thing, but we cared more about it then because we all thought we were going to die. We all thought we were going to die. That was the pandemic at the moment. Um, At the time, Colorado led the nation in West Nile cases and deaths, uh, 299 cases and seven deaths. That's not Um, that many, actually. Hey, Curbs, those are some good facts. Always reliable. And, And very relatable. It helped. It helped put uh, Luke into a good light. For, not good, but all, a light for me. Yeah. All all good art uh, should be understood in its own context. Mm-hmm. I hundred percent agree. <laughs> Curves is like our own art appreciation <laughs> class. Yeah. Even though also great art like the OC also transcends its context. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time, yes. We make gotta, sure make sure you come back for episode three. Yeah. It is so good. I'm Maya and I love the OC. I'm Mark and I love the OC. I'm Curbs, and I love the OC. I'm Dan, and I love the OC. And we hope that you love the OC, too. I won't pretend that you're your